Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft, and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody, and Kim Boo, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations, and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here around the writer's table. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Episode 6 of Around the Writer's Table. We're going to be talking today about keeping the summer fires burning. I am one of your co-hosts, Gina Edwards. I am passionate about supporting women and finding their voices on the page and from a stage. Also with me here today are my buddies, Kim Boo. Kim Boo is a romance novelist and former project manager who helps writers and small business owners like me find time and mojo and motivation to create. Hello, Kim Boo. Hello. And I am also here with my bud, Melody. Melody helps her clients find their sense of home by restoring balance and harmony to their lives through plant spirit medicine and her book, Soul of the Seasons. Hi, Melody. Hi, Gina. Hi, Kim Boo. Great to be here today. So, Melody, why don't you give us a little brief on the five seasons? This episode is part of an ongoing series that we are doing that is um, centered around many of the concepts in your book. So I'm going to pass it off to you to kind of fill in our listeners on what we've done so far and where we are. Thank you, Gina. And I would invite our listeners, if you haven't already, to go back and listen to our, our earlier podcast because we go through some of these in deep, more detail. And But I'm just going to provide this brief overview. And we're this is in relationship to the writing process. And so we talked last month, maybe that was actually two months ago, we talked about spring. <laughs> Time so flies. Like, oh. Woo. <laughs> yeah. And the season of spring is, and about all the explosive new growth that happens in, in spring. And that's when our, we, uh, we start our first draft and we get all these exciting ideas popping and our storyline is all, we make notes and we write like crazy people. And uh, this is where our vision for our work comes into uh, being and in, in more focus. Uh, then we move on to the season of summer. Spring always gives away to summer, which is the season we're gonna talk about today. And summer is the season of maturation after our season of explosive new growth our story needs help to mature and so now we need to shape and structure our story idea and we need to be aware that if we're not careful to support our little seedling story idea it may wither and die and we're going to talk more about that keeping up the spark in summer mm -hmm. 
And summer is when the visions we had created in spring are brought into fruition. They're put on, the words are put on the page, the storyline develops, our characters tell us crazy and wonderful things. Um, and we're overseeing that process, which may seem hectic and chaotic at times, but a lot is going on during the season of summer. So after we get the season of summer, uh, we move through that. Our next season in five element, anyway, is a season of harvest. Some call this Indian summer. This is a brief but sumptuous season where we experience uh, and recognize all the fruits of our hard work. We may have completed our first draft and we have that printed out before us. Um, or second draft, or fourth draft, or fifth draft. But we have something to show for all our hard work, and it feels complete, and we feel gratitude, and our heart is full. Uh, after the season of uh, summer and harvest comes fall, of course. And fall is a season, as it implies, is a season of letting go. So this is where we're going to that's where we put our editor hat on um, and uh, maybe literally hire an editor to help us come and take a look at what needs to be pruned and what needs to be cut back and how to shape it and move it forward in keeping with our vision. And uh, after our season of uh, fall comes winter and that's a season of rest that is uh, the quiet that's the womb of consciousness it's where our creativity sparks it's where those little seedling ideas of story start to germinate and it's i love also, winter so much yeah. i love winter <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not just the weather but this whole idea like the sparking and the and, and you know the ideas yeah. come yeah. and a season of rest as well so that's an <gasps> overview of the five seasons and as you follow us along, we're going to talk more in depth about some of the joys and challenges of each of these seasons. Melody, one of the things that um, that we've talked about numerous times and I always like to reiterate for the listeners who may not be familiar with um, with plant spirit medicine and the idea of, of the seasons as we're presenting them is that, you know, we're not talking about an alignment of the writing process uh, and our creativity with the actual natural seasons of the environment. We're using this as a model and that, mm. you know, we may creatively be in a season of winter when Outside, it's 90 degrees, you know. I just want the readers to understand that this is a model that we're using to help them understand the creative cycles. Exactly. Everything has a season. And Everything. it's important. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. Our work, our relationships, life, everything has a season, a beginning, yeah, uh, and cycling around again. It is important to remember that when balanced, all of the seasons are working at all times. We may be focused in one particular area at one time or another, and we're going to talk about summer this time, but each season is supported and reinforced by the other seasons. So we like to have this very linear thought process, but thinking 
thinking of it as something that's always in motion, always cycling around, always supportive. So what are some of the common pitfalls that we run into during this season? Well, as we touched on briefly, it can be easy because there's so much going on. This is where we get, we're down in the trenches now with our project. You know, we may have pounded off uh, out a rough first draft or the outline or uh, gotten off to a fantastic uh, start, but then we get down in the trenches and uh, we may feel ourselves waning. I know this happens with me. I like shiny things. Ooh, new story idea. Yay. You know, and during the writing of that, my my creative brain is just sparking on all cylinders all the time. Uh, I get new story ideas or I get lots of ideas for my character. And then it's so much that my brain can shut down. I can become overwhelmed. Um, things get muddled. I can't understand what, you know, what's my plot need to do. Maybe it becomes too complex or confusing or poorly structured. I feel disorganized. And then I, lose I have the, no idea what that feels like. I'm, I'm glad y'all have graduated <laughs> beyond that. Cause I'm going to be asking you how you did that. <laughs> I, was, I, I was actually, while you're talking, I was thinking of a conversation I had with my friend uh, yesterday, a friend of mine who's a fan fiction writer, as well as trying to break into doing her own original genre fiction. And we called it the two chapter problem. Because it's when you have a great idea and you're writing it down and you get two chapters in and then, you, it, like you said, you, it either becomes overwhelming or it kind of peters out or you're not sure where you're supposed to go with it. And so you have like your life is littered with two chapters of books of all these different books that you have around you. And it's just it's the two chapter problem. That's that's our, that's the name we came up with it yesterday. And do, don't you think, too, that that's related to something that we talked about? I don't know if it was the last episode or the one before about too many options, too many choices. <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. Creative yeah. people decision come up fatigue. with so many ideas. Yeah. And then we've got yeah. decisions to make and we've, we've got to pick one sometimes. And we think that there's a right or wrong and there's not. It's creativity. Mm. You can go where you want to with it. Yeah. And, and uh, oftentimes I, I try to cope with this by either, you know, becoming the severe task mistress and, you know, working on it, pounding on it all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how you can attest that works so well with me. Not. <laughs> um, and I'm I, sensing a bit of sarcasm there. Just a little. Yeah, <laughs> just a little. So I lose my passion or discard it altogether. Mm-hmm. So um Tell me a little bit, Gina, about your experience during this season of the writing process, some of your challenges and some of your your joys. Uh, what you said. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a great podcast, y'all. It's good. Good. Okay. No, we're done. <laughs> um, no seriously, you touched on a number of, of different ways, and I think it kind of depends on how far along my project is and maybe what kind of project that it is. And of course my level of passion about it, but I can get to a place sometimes where I'm either overwhelmed because I have too many ideas and then I have to sort of draw back, 
remind myself that there are no wrong decisions uh, in a creative process, uh, and then regroup. Sometimes I just feel like I have no ideas, like there's a blank wall, like, you know, and I, I honestly believe that it is the overwhelm of idea that leads me to the conclusion that I have no ideas, which sounds crazy, but, but it's almost like no. a shutdown process. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I just go, okay, I can't let anything through because there's just too much, too much, too much. And so I may shut down for a while. And that's when I know that I need to take a break from my writing and do something different. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, you know, again, depending on the project and, and the nature of it, it might just be going for a walk and then coming back to it a few hours later, or it might be putting that thing in the drawer and leaving it alone for a month and doing something completely different. Um, it might be a creative crossover where I do something like, you know, draw for a while or read for a while instead of writing. So it kind of just depends on the type of project that I'm working on, I think. Uh, those are great ideas. And yeah, uh, I think the creativity cross pollination is a really good one mm-hmm. too. Yeah. It's like if you're creatively stalled in one area, I often find if I do, if I work on a different story or like you said, do some drawing or just even get up and dance, there's, yes. there's the energy there that can feed into helping resolve those issues. Yeah. I think we don't give enough credence to doing that creative crossover and we don't also don't give enough credit to what moving our body can do for us can do for our mind um, can do for our creative process so I'm glad that you mentioned dancing and I think that's also a reason why I like walking so much is because it just it gets me out of my head for a while and gets my body moving and as we say in the woman speak program that I do our wisdom our greatest wisdom as women is in our bodies and so sometimes when we can get out of our heads and just move, then we come back to settle. What we need comes back to us. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, it's a great point. I found that to be true with myself, too. I mean, you, I mentioned this before, but one of the most valuable uh, pieces of uh, helpful information you gave me as my editor when I was writing my book was take a break. You, you know, A, give yourself credit for the work that you've done and B, Mm -hmm. take a break from it. And it was so helpful. I can't tell you how many times when I've put something down completely, gone on and done something else totally unrelated, that that resolution pops up Mm -hmm. and uh, I can find a way out. I think if we're in that place of uh, overwhelm or stuckness, whatever, you know, however it manifests for you individually, if we can just remind ourselves to, to first say, look at all you've done so far. Just remind yourself of where you've come to that point. Give yourself a little bit of credit uh, before Absolutely. you spin out. <laughs> Absolutely. So Kumbu, tell us a little bit about how you navigate the season of summer in your writing projects and anything you found to help you? I, you know, like I was discussing earlier, the two chapter problem is a a big issue for me. I'm usually at the 30,000 word point, I I hit a wall. And that's, that's something that's been true most of my entire life. And so at that point, 
it's in the past, I really have just put things aside, you know, been overwhelmed. And I, and I kind of want to, to bring up the topic of fear here. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, been dealing with that lately, a, a book that it's all Gina's fault. She recommended the imposter cure book <laughs> about imposter syndrome. And it talks a lot about fear and perfectionism and issues like that. And when I come into, as we're talking about this season of summer where I'm, you know, uh, trying to help my stories mature and trying to bring that energy back into the stories to get out of the two chapter problem, fighting the fear or dealing with the fear is a big one for me. I was kind of laughing when you said, Gina, about, you know, look at what you've done. Look at the successes you've had. And sometimes that's really helpful. And sometimes I look at it and I go, well, I've done it. Now I'll never be able to do it again. You know? <laughs> oh, no. Right? I know. It's terrible. It's like, oh, yeah, you you, you, you took the shot. Now it's over. Which is wrong. absolutely not true. Yeah, wrong. Because creativity is... creativity is the seasons you know it is it does come it waxes and wanes it comes and goes but Mm -hmm. it is eternal it is always moving through us so of course obviously that's not true but dealing with that fear when I come up against that need to to work on and you know really build the stories and build them up and make them stronger and make them complete that's an important part of the process. Uh, I deal with the fear a lot. So I, I know you asked me, what what do I do? What are my solutions? And I, I can't say that this is an ongoing project for me because mm-hmm. as much as I've written, you know, I have seven novels published at this point and, uh, you know, 20 more in development as, as is my way. <laughs> um, <laughs> which Crazy is always woman. like, I know, right? But I just, that's how my brain works. I need, I need lots of different things going on. Um, to keep the creativity sparked. But, you know, dealing with that fear is really an ongoing issue. So I, I wish I could offer our, our listeners some some trite pack solution that works really well for me. Uh, but sometimes it really is a, a, an issue of either laying off myself or pushing through. It just really depends on what the status is. And I'm sorry that that's just as, as convoluted and not helpful as it sounds. But as you guys were talking, I was really realizing just how big of an issue this is for me personally. It's, it's real though. Yeah. I'm sure that if you struggle with it, you are not the only one. Um, (laughs) And, and I do have, uh, I do have one thing to add, but I'm going to turn the question around on Melody and ask her the same thing. So, so what are your processes and what do you do? Well, you know, I didn't realize how much of a problem this was um, with my writing until I did my book. I started my book. And because most of it was like I wrote and I enjoyed it. And, you know, I just think I got bored with it or it didn't suit me or it really wasn't. And I just put it aside and didn't go back to it. But the, the idea for the book grabbed me with such a vengeance. It would not let me go. I tried to put it down. I tried to stick it in a drawer and, you know, go away and move away and cross the U.S. And <laughs> it just kept pulling me back. And, you know, the fears you were talking about, uh, Kimbu, came up in full force. And... You know, we're going to talk about that more in the season of winter because the season of winter 
is about death and the emotion of fear. And it, like anything, it serves us. Um, it helps us become aware of taking appropriate risks, what we need to do. Um, but getting overwhelmed by fear, as we know, you know, that element is water in winter. Here we are in some season of summer with fire and your passion and joy and excitement. Um, too much water on the fire puts it out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. learning those, learning about, I would say the number one thing that's helped me so much is learning my own seasons internally mm-hmm. and trying to define, uh, be clear on what it was I needed at the time. And then drum roll, ask for it. <laughs> Oh. Ask for it. Mm-hmm. Ask, Ask for, for it, it from mm. my from my uh, fellow writers and from my community. And community yes. is one way that I have found to be tried and true as a way to uh, get me off the, you know, fence. Or trend. That is right. That is precisely the, the thing that I was going to, to to add to this conversation. I'm so glad that you have gone there, Melody, because especially in the in the last months of the three of us getting together and talking about our writing process and you know ideating about this podcast and Um, you know, just sharing what we are going through in our writing process and and creativity, just having that community, having that support system really ignites my fire. It really sets me going again when I feel like I have fallen off that fence. Mm -hmm. I would agree wholeheartedly. Uh, Um, it helps get me Absolutely. perspective and balance and I can bring, you know, I can bring that big ball of mess that I have to my trusted friends and community and I, I don't know what to do with this crap. And mm-hmm. they always help me look at it from a different perspective. They pull these little threads out and, and give me ideas of how to resolve it. They don't try to fix it for me, but they support me in getting some clarity and another thing I love about community is they uh, provide accountability for me, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is really a big motivator for me. Um, If I say I'm going to do something for you or something by X, Y, Z, I generally follow through on it. You know, it's interesting that, that, that you say that because as you're talking, uh, and I know that we have, uh, we do, we do, I mean, just, you know, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag to our listeners that we do actually outline these podcasts a little bit, you know, it's not completely off the cuff. And one of the things that we were going to put in there is a little bit about the fan fiction community that I'm a part of. And one of the things that your comment about uh, accountability that really struck me just then because 
is that there are a lot of situations in the fan fiction community and in fandoms where they create challenges. They create writing challenges. If anybody's familiar who's listening with NaNoWriMo, which is the annual national write a novel in a month mm-hmm. thing that goes on that's held every year in November, um, it's like a mini version of that for particular fandoms. Like people will say, you know, we're going to have, um, they're called big bangs. And a big bang challenge is usually where you commit to writing a story that's at least 100,000 words long. And it is in that fandom and there's a due date for it. And they'll have a whole framework and a structure. There'll be check-in times. There'll be people who will serve as better readers or editors for you. Um, there are people who are actually assigned the role of cheerleader who will come into communications on discord or on, you know, uh, forums and be like, Hey, let me cheer you on and give you, you know, give you some mojo and juice or let's bat around some ideas. And it's a community of accountability, but it's so positive and it's so encouraging. And I think a lot of times people think, you know, accountability is a drudgery. Accountability mm-hmm. is something, you know, a deadline. Oh my God, dead. The word dead is actually in the frame. You know, it's like, oh no, it's <laughs> going to kill me. Um, but when we have a trusted group of people, whether it's because we're in the same fandom or because we're good friends as the three of us are, you know, that accountability can be joyous. It can yes. be, it can be something that's positive and encouraging. And, you know, like, like a big bang challenge, that's not easy. That's not easy to write like a hundred thousand words in six months or whatever. Oh my god! In, yeah. For for those stories, but the community is just coming together and creating that energy, and that is so important to tap into that wherever you can find it. I think it's like you said, Gina. This this for us, us three, our bigger groups, our other groups. I know you've got some in you know in women writing for change, Gina, which is your Facebook group for for women writers. That's so important. It's just really important. I love that fun approach that the fanfic community is taking to that. That sounds awesome. Oh, um, it is. They're great. You know, I think a lot of people think um, in terms of getting feedback from their writing, the standard go-to is, oh, I need to be in a critique group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that over the years, people are finding alternatives to that because know, not every critique group is necessarily supportive. Um, and you have to be careful who you share with. And um, that's something I know we're going to talk more about over the course of this podcast, and maybe even devote an entire episode to that at some point. But, um, you know, feedback groups, critique groups, whatever you want to call them, just making sure that you're in a community that is supportive and uplifting instead of one that, you know, drags you down or hijacks your stories or, or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. the women writing for change, uh, group that you, that you mentioned Kim Boo before the pandemic started, it had nothing to do with the pandemic. Just coincidentally, I started that Facebook group, uh, in March, March of 2020. So yeah, two years ago. (laughs) And right on the, the nose of the pandemic, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. And one of the reasons that I started it is because a lot of women struggle to find the community. A lot of women either, you know, they live in a remote place and so they may not have a supportive writing community like we're lucky to have here in North Florida. They may, uh, they may just not have any other writers in their circle of community who can give them the kind of support that writers need. 
And so my thinking in creating the Women Writing for Change Facebook group was to bring women from all over the world together to give each other support. And, you know, we do we do Zoom writing sessions that are, you know, as far as accountability goes, your point is well taken, Kimbu, that a lot of people think of accountability as this oppressive thing, you know, this, I'm going to come down on you and you're going to punish you if you don't get to it. Well, <laughs> naughty, the, you know, naughty, naughty, naughty. Yeah. Like discipline. <laughs> There's a whole spectrum uh, of accountability. And we mm-hmm. do that in, um, I think, a, a kind and very mindful way in terms of, showing up, declaring what you're going to write. Now, this is all done on Zoom, declaring what you're going to write. We set a timer for an hour. We write for an hour. And afterwards, you do just a quick check-in of how'd it go for you. And usually, we'll end up in some conversation about some aspect of, you know, writing or creativity or one of the struggles that one of the women have. But that sort of knowing that there are other women there at the same time doing the same thing that you're doing, and yet working independently on their own projects, to me, that is one of the most beautiful kinds of accountability. Mm -hmm. Having been a part of those writing sessions, mm -hmm. um, I would agree. It's it's very enriching in a lot of ways to have that sense of community, even if we're all just being quiet and, you know, typing or scribbling away. Right. Mm -hmm. Because writing is a very solitary uh, activity. It can be good to come out of our heads and and share with each other and and one um, and tell our stories. We're going to talk about storytelling here in a minute. Uh, I I really enjoy the women writing for change community. Even if I can't get to each of the sessions, I know I can drop in and be fed, and I'm there and present and ready for writing where uh, left my own devices, I would be, you know, cleaning my junk drawer out or something else uh, (laughs) equally uh, uh, important. But I I have to say one of me, one of the payoffs for me with accountability is that sense of accomplishment when I can Mm -hmm. say to others, "I, I got this done this week where I was able to do this part of it. And I always get um, the the support and the kudos from the group. Mm. And that's important. You know, usually didn't think how important that cheerleading, that group, that your community behind you, cheering you on and reminding you're on the right track. I think in the past I've mentioned um, the WIP Wednesdays uh, hashtag on Twitter that a lot of WIP stands for works in progress where people take screenshots or post snippets of, of the work that they're currently writing. And one of the things I love about that is it's in a way it's, it, it is this kind of positive accountability. It's like, Oh yeah, I did write some, I'm on chapter three. Here's, here's a paragraph completely out of context. I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but here's a paragraph that shows that I've been writing and, you know, people are like, Oh gosh, can't wait to read it. And wow, this mm-hmm. is so awesome. And Oh, the mystery deepens, you know, or whatever. And it's just, it's, it is, it's so enriching and uplifting. Original fiction writers have a little bit more trouble with that because people reading it don't know your characters but I do know original fiction writers who do that um their fans love to see 
a little snippet of what's coming up. And so that's just, it's just such a positive feedback mm-hmm. with that kind of group accountability type of thing. It is absolutely. And if the group has connected the individuals within it who might not have normally any other circumstances met and developed relationships uh, and outside the group. And to me, that's also important to have your trusted relationships because as you all know, what goes on in our personal lives affects our creativity. You know, God, I got a family issue looming over me or, you know, something that's just uh, seems to be too big for my plate. I can come to my good trusted friends and, and they'll, let me talk it out and maybe give me some perspective because I don't know about you guys, but well, I do know about you guys, but it (laughs) clogs my brain up. There is no creativity. There's no writing when I have a big issue hanging over me. Uh, Some people escape Mm -hmm. into it and do that, but I am not one of those people. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a good point that, that um, I, I know I have one friend that, that writing is her escape, you know, that allows her to get away from all of the craziness that might be going on in the world in general, or if she's got something going on in her personal life, then her writing is her escape. But I'm like you, Melody, if I've got something that, um, that's bothering me, that I'm concerned about, that's really, you know, taking up space in my personal life in, um, in a way that doesn't feel good, then it's really hard for me to uh, immerse myself in the creative process. Mm -hmm. And so having those friends that we can share with so that we can either work it out for ourselves or or at least just get it out uh, sometimes uh, unblocks the the block, opens the gate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that actually brings up uh, one of the other qualities of summer that is so central um, to what we do, and that is communication, because community is all about communication, and also communicating what we know we need and and desire at the time. And one of the ways we do that is through storytelling. So storytelling is at the core of why people write. We want to tell our stories. We want to tell a story. We want to create a fabulous crazy, wild, exciting, dark, uh, funny story. And I, I love storytelling. That's in my DNA. Uh, my father was a great storyteller, loved to regale us with stories of his army days and his buddies and their antics. So genetically, I, I have that. Uh, and I love hearing stories and I love reading about stories. So um, where does storytelling, where did that germ of storytelling fall or come into play or maybe become aware to you, uh, either of you, Kimbu? Um, well, uh, kind of like with you, it, it's part of my genetics. You know, my father, both of my parents are Southerners and the South has a real strong tradition of Southern t- of storytelling. My father particularly was is Appalachian. Um, from the Highlands of Virginia. He was like your father. I could tell a great yarn. I mean, his stories about World War II uh, 
an absolutely tragic and horrifying time in his life were hysterically funny. <laughs> Just like, I don't know how he did it, but he did. I'm not as good a storyteller as he is. Probably I could be if I practiced, but he was fantastic. So for me, the germ of the storytelling, I think, came from both of my parents in the sense that they were both readers and writers uh, of their own styles and just really, really loved it. So for me, this is kind of a fruition of that potential in me. I just, I, I'll be honest with you, like, like some people grow up thinking they're going to be doctors and then they go to medical school and they become doctors. And I grew up thinking I was going to be a writer. Like there was never any question in my mind. I'm not one of those people who stumbled over it later in life. Like it was absolutely six years old. I was going to be a writer and that that's just everything else circled around that and always has. I envy that because I too, when I was young, always thought that I would be a writer and then life got in the way (laughs) and I postponed my writing until I was in my early thirties. But that's, that's another story of something that I think is interesting here is how each one of us has been influenced by our father's storytelling. Mm -hmm. My father too is an incredible storyteller And the listeners got to hear his voice in the intro of our podcast. That's my pop doing the the intro and the out for our podcast. Uh, Uh, He he, has his own podcast now, right? He does. He does. He and his buddy Randy have started Hot Mike with Hogan in Houston. And I'm so glad because uh, he was a decades long, more than 50 years in radio. He started in radio before he was 16 years old and spent his life talking on the radio, telling stories, uh, experiencing life in a way that um, uh, is very unusual and rich. And the way that he tells stories with his ability to create visual and to, to bring about emotion, I think is such a gift, such a gift. And like you, Kimbu, I don't feel like I can tell stories as well as he can. He's a, he's a verbal storyteller. I've tried to get him Mm -hmm. to write and he has done some writing, but he really enjoys sharing his stories verbally. And I think that one of the powers of storytelling is that we can tell stories that can change the world. Literally we can change people's minds. We can open them up to perspectives that they may never have even considered before when we tell stories, whether there are stories in terms of being about us and our lives or whether they're stories we have made up stories still have the power to change people, to change lives and to change the world. And when it comes to storytelling, um, there's just, there's so much richness there. there. I think that's all another podcast too. I could go off on a, <laughs> oh on a million God. different tangents. Um, I'll make a note for us to do one later. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to get back to the idea though of, you know, as a storyteller, as a writer, knowing what you need and then being able to ask for it. That's something mm-hmm. that Melody mentioned earlier. And, you know, it takes a lot of self-awareness to, to really understand what we need in terms of our creativity and our writing. Um, and I think that, that there's a lot that can be said there too. But 
Um, you know, storytelling is uh, obviously integral to all of us as writers and something that uh, I'm just so, I feel privileged to be able to tell stories. That passion for that led you to something that uh, got me excited and I became involved with, and uh, that is the Women's Street Program. So that's women telling their stories, learning how to to do verbal storytelling. Can you give us just a little brief overview of what Women Speak does? Sure, sure. Uh, the way that I like to describe Women Speak is that, uh, first of all, it's very feminine centric. Uh, it is on the surface a public speaking program, but it is not a Toastmasters or one of the traditional type programs because of its emphasis on the way that women think and the way that women just are in the world. Uh, we do uh, connect deeply with uh, our inner wisdom through body movement. Um, we learn all kinds of uh, physical technique. We always have what we call a speaking practice every month uh, that we focus on in terms of how to use your body when you're storytelling. And then we have a theme. And some of those themes are things like how to speak up in groups, Um, (laughs) stories from your past. That's the next topic that we're going to be touching on this, this next month. Um, And sharing what you believe, you know, understanding what it is that really moves you to want to change the world and whether that's the world at large or whether that's the world being your community, your family, your closer knit world. Um, really knowing what those things are so that you can articulate them in a way to to bring about change and to uh, create a vision that you really see a future possibility for. I have to tell you that as someone who's done a lot of speaking uh, for a lot of my adult life, um, I got excited about it because um it really does such an amazing job at helping me hone in what I, the message I want to deliver. You know, we have time frames because, you know, if you're trying to pitch an idea, like your story, like your book, whatever, you need to hone in on what it is that you are offering and do it in a relatively short period of time. And Women Speak mm-hmm. has really helped me focus and, and uh, we weave our stories into that delivery in ways that are engaging to our audience. So I would go check it out. If uh, there's going to be a link or if there's not already a link, there should be on our webpage. I also wanted to say, if we don't have one, let's put a link on aroundthewriterstable.com for uh, Gina, your dad's podcast. Cause I know. Oh, good idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely include love that. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely include yeah. that on the show notes when we get this one put up. For sure. For sure. Um, And I I just, you know, I kind of wanted, because I'm I'm not in the Women's Speak program. Um, I remember, Gina, you going through the training for it and then launching your own thing. And but, you know, it's such a it's such a great match to your women writing for change. About encouraging women to speak up, to invite change into other people's lives through their stories and through their own life, through their own story. And it really has affected me kind of like tangentially, like, like off to the side, me just kind of looking at you doing these things because it, 
as a genre writer, like we we often get, you know, besmirched as, you know, being fluffy and unimportant writing. But I do think that, you know, the conversations we've had about this and, and with you, Melody, about, you know, the call to writing and the process of writing through the seasons has made me realize that I do have messages I want to share. Um, you know, one of my books, and I, and I was thinking about this as I was going back and republishing some of my older books. And one is a love story about a widower and the grief that he has for the loss of his partner. And I realized that I was using that story to not necessarily process my own grief, but to share my experiences of grief and how just because you lose somebody you love doesn't mean you'll never, never love again. Mm. That's a really important message that I didn't even see in the book until I came back um, after some of these discussions and your exposure to women writing for change and me thinking, well, what is, are, do my books have a message? Is there anything important here? So sometimes we do write those stories, even if we're not realizing it. So to me, it's been very valuable to come back and realize that my voice and my stories are in my stories, even if my stories aren't, you know, the traditional self-help or the traditional high literary, whatever mm-hmm. schmoochy thing that I'm just totally not that person. Um, <laughs> and, and that's been very valuable to me. That's what I like about you, Kim Boo. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here like I'm, I can't even sit still in my seat because what you just (laughs) said makes me so excited because again, that's another reason why I really wanted to get women writing for change started and start getting these women together because, you know, whether our stories are make believe, whether they're made up or whether they're, you know, a self-help book or a memoir, um, you know, whether they're, whether they're true or whether they're, fantasy. It does not matter the genre. It does not matter the type of book that it is. That author had some driving force, whether it was apparent to them or not, had some driving force in putting forth that message and sharing that story. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that awareness may not be on the surface and might come after the writing is already done, but you know, storytelling, like I said, it can change lives and understanding what those um, messages are that we have in our stories, whether they're intentional or not, whether they're overt or, you know, more subtle, uh, I think is very valuable for a writer. Absolutely. And I didn't want to get away without mentioning uh, the things you do to not only tell your stories, Kimbu, but to support the writer through the author alchemist the courses you're offering, you're starting a new uh, course that's very exciting. I've only heard a little bit about it, but it, it seems like <laughs> to offer structure and guidance for people, which is really important during this season of summer. Do you want to take a few minutes and talk about that? Well, yeah, I have really two threads going on there. The Author Alchemist is specifically for writers, and the courses that I offer there are geared to people who've been in the fan fiction community and are looking for the kind of support that they get there, but in original fiction environment. So I do have courses on how to deal with decision fatigue and overwhelm um, there. And of course I have my podcast, The Author Alchemist, which we're actually, and I mentioned this uh, when we were talking earlier this week about how my current one is a series of our deepest fears. 
And, you know, a lot of that has to do with a lot of the things that we're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. It's it's like the overwhelm and the, you know, the two chapter problem and things like that. The other one, which is a newer one, which is uh, what you were talking about, Melody, is called The Taskmistress. And uh, it's it, you know, people kind of raise their eyebrows when I mention the name of it, but it's based on my project management experience. What I hope to give people, and especially small business owners and and particularly creatives who are building a business around their creativity, a way to manage all the projects that they have going on and all the things that they're trying to do in a way that nourishes them and doesn't overwhelm them with the actual act of trying to manage all the projects that they have going on. So those are things that are really important to me. I think they'll be beneficial to a lot of people. And it's important to me personally, and this gets back to the whole topic of what we're talking about right now, is because I feel like my story from these experiences that I've had as both a novelist and as a project manager in the information technology industry, it will be able to help people share their stories and share their ideas and share their inspiration. And to me, that's just a wonderful feeling. So that's kind of my focus on it. And I am cheering you on. I you have are. been um, <laughs> over the last couple of weeks, I have been spurring her on in terms of getting this one particular project finished um, that I hope that she doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to encourage her to create a version of it that is specifically for writers. I keep giving her things to do. (laughs) She she does. She does. I like you. You've become my project manager. I'm like, oh, I better start taking notes. (laughs) I I do. You know, one of the things that was on that we've kind of touched on a little bit on the overwhelm is um, burnout. And so I wanted to throw it in here, not not because we have time to discuss it on this episode, but I believe we're going to be talking about that in the next episode. Yes. Um, right? Yeah. Yes. This is, yeah. It's <laughs> such a big challenge for uh, writers and people in general right now. Like, I, I don't know mm. a friend that I haven't talked about recently who's just like, I'm fried. I can't. I just can't pull ideas out of my hat anymore. I just, you know, I'm lucky I eat, sleep, and shower. You know, they're just <laughs> suffering uh, from burnout, just overwhelm, uh, never-ending stress, you know, pandemic, political craziness going on. It all adds to the pile. And so this is a really important subject, and I'm really looking forward to talking about it more in our next next session. Yes, me too. A lot to say there. <laughs> yeah, Gina, particularly you. I know you've been, been working on, uh, you took July, not necessarily off, um, but you've stepped back a little bit to recharge and reset. And yep. so I'm very, very much looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Oh, I got Next a lot month. to say. When you're not when you're, when you're not stepped back anymore. <laughs> um, and we also have a worksheet that's going to be going with this episode, right, Melody? We do. You can look okay. for it on our webpage around the writers and it's going to list some really helpful things about the season of summer. It'll show you what are some balanced and imbalanced qualities 
once you understand that, you can say, oh, this is where I, I, uh, I'm off. And here's what I can reach up. It's also going to give some uh, ways uh, and questions to think about how you can draw in the qualities and the strengths of the other season to help you through the summer process. Yeah, I'll have it as a download for people on the show notes on our website. If you're listening to this on an app like Spotify or Stitcher, um, you won't find the worksheet there. But if you go to our website and the show notes for this episode on our website, the worksheet will be downloadable at that location. And that is aroundtheriderstable.com. Yes. Yes. Good to mention that. Yes. <laughs> and you'll find all of our links there. You'll find a link to my book, Soul of the Seasons, uh, and my Plant Spirit Medicine uh, uh, link on there, and Kimbu's uh, fabulous links for all the goodies she's doing, and Gina's <laughs> got a link for Women Writing for Change and uh, Women Speak, mm-hmm. and the other work that she does, the very important work she does. So. And I want to invite our listeners again, please write in your comments and questions. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I think we're going to start a Q&A here one of these times. To That would be um, awesome. And just, yeah. you know, everybody, that's a form right there on our website, both on the homepage and on the show notes for this episode. You go, you clicky clicky, you type out your question, you hit submit. And that is the, we will receive it and be able to um, respond to it in the next episode. Yeah, we'd love to hear your ideas, comments, and questions about burnout for our next thing. Yes. Yeah, that'd be good. Woo. So I think that's about it for us. Yeah, it's a really, it's a, it's a little bit longer than our usual episodes, but I think we covered a lot of great territory and, um, you know, think we did a great job so i'm i'm satisfied i'm happy i don't know about y'all we're good we're good we're good we're good good. (laughs) so definitely check us out and uh all of our links are on the website around the writers table.com the show notes will have the download links uh gina's father's podcast will be there which i have listened to it's delightful um so i highly recommend that one and again we would love to hear any responses from our listeners about ideas their thoughts about burnout anything they got going on that they'd like us discuss specifically or questions that they might have so thank you all very much for tuning in and listening to us and we will catch you next month around the writer's table bye y'all Thanks for joining us around the writer's table. Please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing info at aroundtheriderstable.com. Music provided with gracious permission by Langtree. A link to their music is on our homepage at aroundtheriderstable.com. Everyone here around the writer's table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time.